sometimes change knowing the future changes the future because you will sit there trying to get to a future and you're not going to make the same moves you were going to naturally make. Hey there, y'all. Welcome to Woo Woo Bible, the podcast where we ditch the dogma so we can connect to something greater than ourselves. My name is Dylan D. Money King. I'm a spiritual life coach, board-certified hypnotherapist, and lover of all things mystical, magical, and miraculous. Let's dive in. Hey there, y'all. If you're new here, well then, welcome. We're so happy to have you here. And if you're coming back, then hey, welcome back. It's so nice to see you again. We're here today doing one of my favorite segments on the podcast, Conversations with Changemakers. This is where we sit down with those folks who are super passionate about the work that they do, the thought leaders of the world, and we talk about how spirituality shows up in their lives. And I am super stoked today to be able to bring on this person. I love her content. I love her vibe. I love what she is out there doing and how she is supporting people. Linz Cardoza. Linz is an oracle reader and spread creator. She writes divination spreads for people to use in their own practice for healing, growth, and inner work. She's also a mom to a three-year-old and constantly trying to heal and grow herself. So let's give a big warm welcome to Linz. Hi, I'm so excited to be here today. We are so happy to have you here. So Let's start off by asking, um, what led you into tarot or oracle spreads? What led me to the spreads themselves, I guess, um, was when I started reading more, which happened after I had my son, I started buying ducks. Um, Once I started to use spreads, so I'd look on Pinterest, which is why I put spreads on Pinterest too, because that's where I always looked for them. And then I got to a point where the spreads weren't asking sort of what I wanted to ask. Mm. It's not that the spreads out there weren't amazing because I love them all. It's that I needed more. Mm. (laughs) I needed um, ones for specific topics that sort of other people hadn't covered yet. Um, I wanted more to do with my mental health. Yeah. And they were things that I just couldn't, find so I started writing them myself and using them for clients yeah when you were first um looking at these these spreads on Pinterest what kind of things were they were they covering um usually um astrology things Mm -hmm. so I started writing astrology spreads too but they would be more um sort of I guess you could say from my perspective right um, the way I like to view things. So more emotions, um, there was less, you know, what do you need? There would, when I was talking about releasing, I was talking about, you know, well, why am I not going to release? <laughs> Cause like a lot of times my spreads include like a why, not just, you know, what do you need to release? But, a why can't I release this? <laughs> um, like little details that I, I felt were important from personal practice. And then for client practice, um, Sometimes there were topics that I didn't feel comfortable covering. So if I wrote my own spreads, I could um, 
cover things that I knew my clients wanted to hear about and skip over the things that um, may not apply to their life. Um, I read for a lot of older women, so certain things weren't going to apply the same um, as the people that use my Instagram spreads now even. <laughs> so um, being it was being able to ask specific things. I think I saw a lot of relationship spreads on in, on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. um, I As much as I enjoy a relationship spread, they also were, um, well, it was a lot of um, tarot spreads are written from the perspective of, um, or were at the time two years ago, um, were written from the perspective of um, like trying to predict the future, which I love but that I wanted to um, ask about the present. Yeah. Um, so being able to like even write like parenting spreads and being able to ask, why is my toddler in a bad mood? What can I do to make his mood better? How can I keep calm through this bad mood? <laughs> Things that like, there's a few parenting spreads now, but I don't even see as many of those anymore. So it was a nice um, space too. I think everyone there's, I've made literally every kind of spread, even then like a haircut one. Cause I feel like there's so many things that we can reflect on with our cards that we weren't reflecting on before. Yeah. And I'm sure there was a lot of people doing those, but I feel like um, if I couldn't find them, maybe someone else couldn't find them too. So I wanted to put things where people could find them. <laughs> they may exist. They probably, I'm sure there's books and books of them, but they weren't in um, places I could access. I think you're, I think you're definitely right. I think um, definitely the most popular and probably the wide con conception and definitely a, a misconception, but the, the popular idea behind I think both um, cards, both tarot and oracle cards, and even like going to see a psychic is is very much that they're gonna tell you your future. And um, I I personally I like to work with oracle cards to a certain degree, but I'm always very cautious whenever I have clients who want to explore that in making it really clear that the power is in them and not in the cards themselves on the weekend i did um a box you know you can do on instagram on the story mm -hmm. and you can ask so i did free card pulls i don't do them very often i usually do them with affirmation cards because i like it to be something because if i do affirmation cards i'm a people pleaser i'm sure you can relate when i get 50 people i can get I don't like to say it because I feel like I'm shoving in people's faces, but they're free readings. I'm not getting anything for it. Like up to a hundred people sometimes. Yeah. I can't get to a hundred people, but I could get to quite a few more in 24 hours if I just do affirmation cards versus a full card reading for each person. Um, this week I did full card readings, which means I only got to 10, 11 people. Um, I honestly saw some questions that I just went, Mm -mm. the cards aren't going to tell you that no 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 I don't because I get so there's certain things and it's something that's always made me nervous about um 
readings online is a lot of people you don't know their mental health you don't know how yeah um my mom always told me take it with a grain of salt with all my mental health conditions it's very hard to take things with a grain of salt so I I I take it from the perspective of if someone can't take it with a grain of salt I don't want to tell them because what if and I explained this to a client once that your path changes constantly constantly changes and if you have an idea that there's only one path that you're missing all the little spots often when people want a reading like that they're trying to unfold something that's not ready to unfold like if you're coming to me and you want to know if something's going to happen and my answer whatever it is it'll affect how you move forward Mm. from this point so it will change what happens so let's say I said to my I said like let's say like wild example a man got that concept of the twin flame out there so if you say to me this man is he my twin flame and I say yes it doesn't matter what he does now you're gonna he's the one but what if, and if I say he's not, it doesn't matter if he's an amazing person that you would vibe with, that would have been a great relationship, that you don't even have a twin, you may not have one, so that would have been the perfect person for you, and you're going to dip. Mm-hmm. And so what if, what if he is the man for you, but you want to know now, and he's not supposed to be the man for you for five years. Yes. And right now... Um, he's not the man for you right now. He's messy. He doesn't have a job. He's angry. Yeah. What about five years from now when he's calm and he's your type and you're calmer, you're in the place you need to be. But if you meet when you're not supposed to meet, you've unfolded something that you can't unfold. You can't put that back in the basket. You can't put him back. You've now seen him this way. It may stop you from in five years wanting to have that relationship now you've changed your whole path sometimes change knowing the future changes the future because you will sit there trying to get to a future and you're not going to make the same moves you were going to naturally make letting things naturally unfold is so much better because it even though it really sucks i have major anxiety i pull cards to ask about the future all the time but i am more often had the tarot cards after or two weeks later say, not anymore. <laughs> not, not after you did that. You opened your mouth. Not anymore. It was going to be. That was a great path, but, and now it's not. Right? And then everyone, so when you ask a tarot reader, and then more or less, because I, I know that I don't read for future. So when, it, so this is more of a another person's perspective, but if you go to a tarot reader and you say, um, Am I going to get that job? Right. And then they say, yes, you are. And then you go in, you're like, I'm going to get the job. And they're like, I don't want to hire that person. <laughs> and then you go back to them and you go, excuse me, I didn't get the job. You're a bad reader. And you're like, I saw what was going to happen before you chop, chop. Do you want to hear what's going to happen now? Well, we can do pull a card again. <laughs> right. Like, I think that um, that's why I write a lot of spreads and I'm very careful about what my spreads reveal to people yeah um even like relationship based you don't want to pop open 
not only what's not ready for you, but you're what you're not ready for. <laughs> I have pulled a card as someone with massive anxiety. I pulled cards all the time for the future. So I pulled a card once and it gave me anxiety. I remember I instantly told everyone on my private story. Yep. I'm putting the future right back where I found it. Didn't want to know that. <laughs> that was too early to know. And it wasn't a bad thing, but it was one of those things where it was like, it could be something really great, but if you're not in the place for that great thing, you're going to go, oh, no, no, no. Um, like, let's say someone who's very shy reads that like 10 years from now, they'll have a podcast and they're like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> right. But in 10 years, they're a completely different person. So like, even a happy thing can be a complete shock if you unfold it wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. I, um, I have been struggling probably the past several years, you know, people ask them or they'll say all the time, uh, ask yourself, would your younger self be proud of you or, you know, your inner child, would they be proud of you? All of those things. And every time I thought about it, I was like, my my younger self would not because my my younger self was so different from who I am now. And it was so hard for me to reconcile that like if my 14 year old or my eight year old self saw who I am now, because my younger self was not the girl who ever thought about being married or having kids or being a coach, like she never would have dreamed about those kind of things. And it wasn't until like a couple of months ago that I was able to look in the mirror and see things about myself that my younger self would would appreciate. It took me a long time to say, okay, she probably wouldn't really care that I was married with kids. She probably wouldn't be that impressed with it. But there are things about myself that she would think were cool. And to finally like marry those two. But you're absolutely right. I feel like at 14, I had gone to like a tarot reader and they'd been like, yeah, Dylan, like this is what you're going to be doing when you're 31. She probably would be like, uh, no, <laughs> no. Crazy because I always see like those trend the trending right now where they're they're doing my 14 year old self would my I I thought about doing that so many times and it's just like no my four year old self would be really mad at me my, my like I'm thinking like no like like you're saying there's there are I think there are parts of me that my and my child self would have loved um. I think that we can all relate to that feeling of there's definitely, there's definitely a little disappointed in me. I'm definitely, you know, I think um, even before, like as a parent or as life, when I think of my inner child, I always go, what do they think of me as a parent? Mm. They probably wouldn't love it. They probably wouldn't think it's perfect. They would have complaints. But I think about when you're talking about that, my inner child was so perfect. Like she had everything so perfect in her head. Like um, I was one of those kids without any ever being told. Um, I came up to my mom so so excited. And I said, the Spice Girl, she got married. And my mom looked to me and she had a friend over and she just nodded and the friend's confused. But I like, I thought basically what had actually happened was Spice Girl hadn't had a baby. So when my mom, when I saw on the news that she had a baby, 
I announced to everybody how exciting that she got married and had a baby on the same day. So my mom asked me why, why did she get married? My, and I said, well, you have to be married to have a child. So she clearly got married because she wouldn't have broken a rule. She's a spice girl. And my mom just went, okay. So she told me every day, yeah, her wedding was great. She had a perfect marriage. It's going great. Her marriage is lovely. <laughs> um, like I was sure that I was a vegetarian at the age of four so there's little things that would bug me like why aren't you married why are you eating meat do you know where meat comes from like my my inner child was so um justice driven Mm -hmm. and so law driven that she wouldn't have gone along with my inner teen at all (laughs) they very much clash and disagree because it was a totally different like you're saying my inner teen would probably think some things are really cool Um, She would have nothing against me having kids. Um, She'd be a little confused that we're still here. (laughs) Everyone says, I I love the perspective. It's so crazy. And people say, my, my, I would be so proud that I was here. No, I love it. It's really sweet. And it's so cool. And it's like, but the realistic perspective is (laughs) that like you at that age, if you had that feeling that you didn't want to be here, that would be something that that they wouldn't be proud of they'd be confused <laughs> they'd there is parts of you that would be really proud your inner child would be excited that they that you got through that there's so many parts of you but like if you were to actually freeze frame unless and then and like you, they'd be excited that you turned your life around you know what i mean those would be things but like you're saying there'd be parts but there'd be parts that they'd be like i just cannot grasp that yeah because you also have to remember that you have to, they're, they're a teenager, yes. right? <laughs> they're a teenager. Like, they don't get it. So realistically, like, 90%, they're just not going to get. Like, there are things that your inner child will understand better than your inner teen. Like, your inner child, they'd be like, I love being on Earth. You're right. This is fabulous. And your inner teen is like, no. Earth has been really hard the last how many years why right um even looking at like your early 20s compared Mm -hmm. right that trend to me with mental illness was just so crazy I said I could just my mom has always said like oh how different her perspective is from mine I think that really shows it because my mom would look at that trend and go yeah my four-year-old self would be so proud and my 13-year-old self would love this and I'm going mental illness is a totally different ball game (laughs) right you're like you look at things a whole lot differently (laughs) which is probably why my friends are a little bit different (laughs) yeah absolutely having spreads like that is so so important because then you're able to honor more people where they're at even people who you know maybe um even if your mom isn't working with a mental illness i would argue that these spreads are probably more accessible to her than some of these kind of stranger spreads that are a little more out there. Like find your soulmate. Is this person your soulmate? Like it's kind of largely irrelevant in my perspective. I largely have felt that that's kind of irrelevant most of my life. I know some people don't feel that way and that's fine, 
but I said that you could literally sit me down for a whole podcast about my view on the twin flame <laughs> thing. It's not that I'm against other people having the twin flame thing. Um, overall, I've always been very anxious because I know how things make me feel. And then I turn that outward and that can make someone else feel. Um, all those kinds of readings can be very hard on people with trauma, people in relationship. Oh. Gosh, there's a million different ways that those readings can go. And I thought about every single one as someone with a Libra moon. I thought about like, think about like, okay, a twin flame reading, you read one, but you're married. Oh, right. No. And it says separation from someone. And, but you have some sort of mental health condition that makes those words stick in your head. And now you're worried that this man that you're with is not the one they put doubt in your head. And that's not the reader's fault. No. They didn't try. Yeah. That it's nobody's fault, but it's kind of like a side effect. Yeah. Um, which is why I often say to people, unfollow readers if you follow too many. You can always follow them again. They won't be offended if it's for your mental health. Unfollow me if it's too much right now. I'm always be here. Block me if you need to if it's too much. <laughs> like you, there's, you need to worry about your mental health. And then on top of that, someone who's single going, you need to find that exact person now. Mm -hmm. Um. The concept of the one gets so messy that it messes with people in relationships, out of relationships, in between relationships, thinking about relationships. Um, it's one of the most common questions. Yeah. I don't get it. It's funny that I don't get it very often from clients because I tend to work with people who want to do healing. Um, but of course, as someone who's like, into these things that's a question you get from all of your friends <laughs> you you get the, the 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 chart and is this my my soulmate is this mm -hmm. yeah are our charts compatible <laughs> it doesn't really matter at the end of the day yeah. do you feel compatible because here's something crazy that none of us think of what if their mom got their birth time wrong mm. I swear that that was a concept I believed in as a child without knowing what it was. Because I used to believe that like there was a one, but we didn't, you know, there was no word twin flame, it's just the one. I believed that the one was someone you're going to bump into over and over and over until you fell in love with them. It was more like I had a rom-com idea in my head. Oh yeah. It's very prevalent, even outside of like the spiritual community it's like a societal thing <laughs> that my parents had a similar story though my parents um went to the same school at one point but at different times mm. um they lived in the same neighborhood but at different times like she moved and then he so in my head everyone has to meet like that you have to constantly almost meet so um as a teenager I sat down with my friend and said I should start have met me. I should start at this point meeting this man to have what, what men do we have that I've constantly met? And my friend and I wrote them down. And I went, well, th it's none of those. None of them. None of them. But um, I think that that can get really heavy on people's mental health, which is why I also write um, relationships friends a little bit different. I have like an, is this toxic for me? Relationship spread. Mm. Um, because I have a, an F-boy spread. Like, there's more, like, 
little bit, I always say it's a little bit of a cynical view as someone who's like engaged and cynical. <laughs> There's engagement spreads and wedding spreads, but like, so a lot of the spreads that I write um, when it comes to another person are often your view because I also find that I found at the beginning of my practice as I started practicing, the more questions you get about other people. How does so-and-so feel about me? It feels very intrusive mm. to go into their brain and pick and then give it to you. So me going in and saying, even reading for myself and going, let's say for me, like let's say a friend, if I were to, you, if I were to sit here and pull a card and go, does she, does she hate me? <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling from your brain. Sure, I could ask my pendulum as a quick, you know, to calm down. But to sit there and ask, what does she think of me? What is she thinking of me right now? Feels very like, I'm just going to pluck that out of your head. And I deserve to know. Yeah. And it feels to me like, as much as that can be helpful, it can also become very, again, with the mental health, it can become very overwhelming. So to view things from a, how do I feel? So why instead, why do I think that Dylan doesn't like me? <laughs> right? Instead of why does she like me? It's why do I think that right now? I think that's such an important point, um, especially with people who might be struggling with people-pleasing or looking for outside validation or codependency if we're always focused on, well, what does that person think? And am I going to get this job? Or all of these things outside of ourselves that are not 100% in our control. They are largely dependent on other people and their own free will looking at our own selves well do i even want this job is this job actually a good fit for me how do i do i even like this person do i <laughs> i was literally thinking when you said that like i literally had a time where i applied for a job i interviewed for the job and i kept thinking i want i i want them to hire me And then my, I think I was 22, 23. When I tell you they called to congratulate me that I got the job and I started crying because I didn't want it. And then I looked at my boss and I went, I have to leave and I have to go there now. And she went, you applied. They're going to pay more. You get more hours there. You wanted it. And I went, I don't want to leave. Yeah. My soul knew. Like I didn't, I was like, oh. I was like, I literally just wanted it to want it. Like sometimes, oh, this is one that I've been struggling with in my own head. I'll probably have to write a spread about it. Um, the jealousy and envy. Mm. I think we all have our own and there's there's really no defined, I'm sure a psychiatrist somewhere has a defined um, sort of idea behind each one. But often this people say something like, you know, if you're jealous, it can be um, something you want to learn, something you want to do, right? And just see it as something you want. And then I've also heard that envy is more like, oh, I want that, I can have it. So I, I thought, yeah, that one's really like, and then I've sat there and then because I have a thing where I, things stick to my head, I sit all the time and I go, am I jealous or am I envious? And then it gets to a point where everything you do, you wonder if you did it out of jealous intent, which I guess would be fine because you're doing it because you want to, you wanted it. 
and you're working towards having the same thing, not because they had it, but because the whole time you wanted it. Or are you doing it for envious intent because you wanted it because they had it and now you're trying. So it seems like, but then just like any other shadow work, if you focus too hard on it, it becomes your whole brain. And then there's no room for actual thinking because you're staying there all the time, every move you make. And then I had over the new moon where I went backwards, forwards on a few ideas. Do I want this just because? Well, then I don't want it anymore. And then the next day, someone brought it up to me again. I'm like, I'm really excited about it, though. <laughs> Why am I so excited about it if I, if I don't want it for me? And I'm like, so do I want it for me? Is that a sign I want it for me? And then you go spiral back down and spiral in and out. Um, I think that like, that's why I worry so much about spiritual content because the tiniest thing like that, which is often something in spiritual content can be so, um, just a spiral of just one. That's why I write so many trigger spreads because it's never, <laughs> I always explain to people, I've been this way, I'll cry. And while I'm crying, I go, it's not your fault I'm crying. These are my feelings. I'm just really bad at processing them. <laughs> I would argue that being able to cry is part of processing your feelings. So I would, I mean, I maybe if it's not the most appropriate setting to burst into tears, maybe, I don't know, but. Every time, the, every time. <laughs> the power of being able to cry like I i'm gonna celebrate that for you i'm gonna sit you down in the perspective though you're sitting down with one of, you're working at starbucks again you're sitting down with one of your, your employees and you tell her that her that there's something on her shoe and she just starts crying like that was always my point and i'd sit there and i'd look at them and i go it's not what you said. It's that anytime I hear even the smallest, I start crying. And, and I'm like, it's not you, it's me. My brain just goes, no. So when people are um, working with cards and they're using them um, in like a, a healing manner, where do they where do they start what kind of questions do they do they start with i personally would start with um asking if you're ready mm. if you're ready, feel like you're ready um and then if they say no make sure that you're supported by like a coach or a counselor or a doctor or a psychiatrist because sometimes when we're healing we can uncover things that we forgot about so if you feel like you could if you feel like you're, even if even if you feel like your life was really great you still might want to ask <laughs> if you're ready because you don't want to find out something you don't want to find out um i think even if they say yes um a good second question is what sort of support will I need? Because even if there's absolutely nothing and you feel like you're just going to go through a nice steady healing, there, there's always bumps. There's always going to be moments. You're going to want to have a support in place. Um, even if that's as small as I can call my mom 
Um, I live with a friend who will give me a hug. I have a pile of stuffed animals and I have a number that I can call, like things like that, just some sort of um, retreat back. Um, also having ways to cope. It's the same as doing any sort of healing work. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to heal towards removing coping mechanisms, you're gonna wanna have a few new ones ready because you don't wanna remove a sword for just a gaping hole. <laughs> um, yeah. You're going to have some glue on the side. You could um, start researching different methods of like self-help. I always say this because I know that um, therapy and counseling isn't accessible everywhere. When you're looking at spreads, I would focus on, especially if you're first starting, you can do short three card ones. You could just pull the way that I do my own healing and how I always recommend to my friend is you start with your inner child. So for me, that's fun, play, self-love, just a gentle connection, getting to know them in a gentle way, not in the we're going to dive deep in their life. Then you're going to slowly start to dive deep into those feelings once you feel ready. So maybe their traumas, their fears, and then you're going to look at your shadow. So where those things led you in your shadow and your inner teen and start working through all of those and then go back to your inner child back to the fun the play mm -hmm. and then you can go back and forth healing is not linear you might jump right back in the shadow again but making sure you go from that gentle inner child and then make your way back to them <laughs> because staying constantly in the shadows i've done a million times just leads to dissociation. You have to take breaks if you're gonna start healing. That break could be as long as a year. It could be a month. Um, rushing things is only going to make them harder for you. Be kind to yourself. If something feels like it's not for right now, don't do it. Never push yourself too far. Mm. Absolutely. I love that. I love all of that, one and also bringing in that sense of of play and balance so that we're we're not always diving deep and driving ourselves crazy by obsessively trying to improve ourselves or uh, ask ourselves tons and tons of questions. We're still allowing ourselves to just enjoy life because not everything has to have a reason. Obviously, children ask a lot of why questions. That's like, my kids don't really talk yet. We're still kind of on that borderline. So I don't hear a whole lot of the why questions. We haven't quite, haven't quite gotten there yet. Um, I got my first why today. You got your first why? <laughs> it was literally just a why too. Why? <laughs> and then when I told him why, he was already walking away. He wasn't really interested. I think he heard someone else ask why. And he thought that it would get, he maybe thought that it would make me do would change it to a yes. Ah, I want to ask you one more thing about cards. When you're using the cards um, and you're asking questions, who do you envision yourself asking these questions to? Every time is different. Um, usually on the spread, the last question is, um, who it's usually about, unless it's a spread where I feel like I'm communicating with my inner self. Um, there's spreads where like, all right, and 
my favorite there's one where i did recently where it really had nothing to do with ancestors but the last question was my ancestors general guidance because the whole spread to me felt like my grandparents would be answering these questions Mm. um i think that everyone had like different people they talked to i talked to literally everybody i talk a lot so (laughs) when i talk to spirit um it can range from my guides um i know that i have um a couple guides and then i know that my nana who's basically one of my guides now is always with me um i talk to my granddad when i want to talk about business um when i have a question about my mom i'll ask my grandpa um and often I ask like my inner child. So sometimes I'll use, that's what I, um, I, I've seen like everybody, a lot of people use use their car directly to speak to spirit. I vary between speaking to spirit and speaking to myself because I believe you can do both. I just think it's important to, to make sure you're, you're saying so. Um, I always remember that I need to make sure to do that sometimes. Sometimes I'll take out the pendulum and when I realize what's happening on the other side, when I imagine it, I'm going, I really just messed up. I'll just ask a question, knowing that I ask all sorts of different people every day. Really, who knows who answered the pendulum at this point? <laughs> and and I said, and I explained to my friends, like, and I don't really believe that every single one of those people are capable of answering every question. Mm. I think that like the idea that every spirit is all knowing um, to me, I've always thought of knowing as um, a seeing. So um, if they haven't seen it, they don't know it, even if they're spirit. Um, but that spirit can see a lot more than we can because they can see way more. But it doesn't mean that they saw it. They, that may have nothing to do with them. Um, or I may have just wanted to ask my inner self what I thought. <laughs> I always like to specify with myself, am I using this right now because I want to know what I think? Or like, especially with Pendulum, do I want to know my inner thoughts or do I want to know, or do I want to talk to name them? Yeah. So um, the same practices as before I used to go to bed as a kid and I would pray. Um, I would specify who I was praying to. And now I do the same thing, but with my cards. So I go to bed and I go, I'd like to speak to Nana, not God. I'm speaking to Nana. I'm telling Nana about my day. Nobody else in my house prayed, but I'd sit down and I'd I'd pray to Nana. So like, and I'd specify. So now I I specify, I would like Nana to grab a card, please. This is me and Nana time. Um, When I read cards for other people, um, it's their guide. It's not usually, I don't usually ask for spirit. Um, but for clients, I always say, can this person's guide come? And then I have a chair and I say, can my guide sit over there on that chair and mind their business for a minute? We're going to need total. This is just for this person right now. And then there, and then I'll have to go. So I'll go, okay, I'm not understanding their guide. If my guide could translate, (laughs) Because something here is not in my language, because I consider like my intuition, my own language, and I go, they're not speaking it. If you could translate for them so they could give a proper message that's readable for me. Um, 
but yeah, when I'm speaking to my cards, it's always a different, um, it's always someone different. I love that. I think that's really, really beautiful. And I love how it's evolved from when you were younger using prayer and now it's evolved into cards. It's just a different, a different way to pray. And I love seeing how it's what this whole thing is about seeing how, uh, how people utilize different spiritual tools to connect to themselves and connect to spirit and connect to, um, their guides and their ancestors and everybody around them. And I, I love that story. I lo and I love that tip. I've never talked, I've never talked to anybody who has ever, um, shared that. And so that may be something that other people do, but I've never, uh, I've never heard anybody talk about it. So uh, thank you. I'm, I like to clarify because what started happening was I would get lost on who it was because mm. I was starting to understand that, um, whenever people would do readings for me or whenever they would like tap into my energy, they go, wow, there's a lot of people around you. So like knowing that and going in to read, I go, well, now I have no clue. One of these like billion people that are sitting in my room, it could be any of them. And then people would say, um, I don't believe in bad spirits. I don't, I know that everyone has their own beliefs. I don't believe in bad spirits. I believe in misunderstood spirits. Um, the same way that there are no bad children, there are no bad spirits. They're just misunderstood. They have different wants, different needs and different coping skills. <laughs> Even spirits have not so great coping skills. So even a spirit, even if there's a spirit in my home throwing things, I don't think that they mean to be bad. They mean to get attention the same way a toddler means to get attention from throwing something. Um, so like I always specify in case instead of one of my guides, one of the people throwing things would like to talk. <laughs> Because I know that there's even like a little girl spirit that lives in the house. And I don't want to, not that I don't want to talk to her, but I don't want to talk to her when I'm, I don't want to talk to an eight-year-old girl from the Victorian times about my hair or about like holy cards at my career. I don't think she'll have any insights on the Probably career. not. She'll be like, Instagram. <laughs> That's new. Instagram. Yeah, maybe you should not use that. I've never heard of it before. Like, She's got great, um, great social media advice. What are you talking about? I think that like um, often people forget how many spirits sort of surround us. Um, when we talk about spirit guides, people imagine one. Some people have more than one. Um, there's different views on it. There's people that think that there's like... Um, couple and then there's one that like um keep, keeps record for the akashic records hmm. the record keeper um so like there's a bunch of different roles there's a d bunch of different people that can i heard of um using your cards to look right into the akashic records i'd love to learn how to do that from my understanding we're kind of all sort of doing that anyways that's how cards work is we're pulling information from it but we, we're not really understanding it if that makes sense like yeah that information has to come from somewhere and that's where it is so we kind of are <laughs> even if we don't know um but i always thought that was really cool i think there's um lots of different ways to communicate with your cards something else and in, in spiritual that sometimes gets 
um, kind of thrown all over the place. It's like, oh, you be, you you awaken, you use all these cards, and you have to cut out all these people. You're not going to have any interest in them anymore. Yes. No, I still love all my friends who don't pull cards. Do I annoyingly suggest often that they pull cards too? Yes. Yes, I do. I try to do it less and less. The more awakened I get, the less I try to bother the people. It becomes, it's less, I think that you get to a point where you just realize that every relationship has its own purpose and not every rela- friendship has to be about that. You can have friends that you just do other things with. Mm-hmm. I think that there are times when you have to cut out your friends. I think sobriety, sometimes you have to cut out people even temporarily. To become a spiritual person and cut out everyone would be like to say, I don't think people really realize that it'd be the same as telling someone that when they join a religion, that you can't talk to your friends anymore. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's very toxic to say that you're never going to want to speak to anyone else. That's what people pick on like cults for. We don't need to be a cult. You can pick up a deck of cards and still like to go to the movies with your friends. (laughs) You can still watch reality TV. You can still watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. It's not airing anymore, so you really, you can watch reruns. (laughs) I think even, like, it hits me sometimes where I'm watching reality show and I'm like, should I be? Yes, I should be. It's happy. It makes me happy. (laughs) If it makes me happy and I can absorb it without absorbing it... (laughs) then why not do something, right? Um, Spiritualism isn't a cult. Yeah. You can do it whenever you want, as long as you're not hurting anyone else. I wouldn't recommend hurting people or, you know, um, I always say like avoid close practices because that hurts someone. Not only that, perspective for people that like um, go, well, I'll use a close practice. It doesn't hurt me. Yes, it does. Not only is it wrong to use a closed practice, but some closed practices are closed for a reason. And it's not very new. I don't believe in bad spirits, but I do believe in, in trickies. I don't think that it's going to cause a death, but I think that it could cause some messies. Proceed with caution. <laughs> Be gentle with yourself by being, when you're being kind to yourself by avoiding it. Yes. So... How can people connect with you? Where can they find you? I am on Instagram as Witchy Lives on Insta for reading. Um, and then Moon Mama Oracle is where my tarot and Oracle spreads are. You can also find Moon Mama Oracle on Pinterest, Facebook, and Patreon. Um, Patreon is different spreads than on the other social medias. They're exclusives and journal prompts. And I've recently started posting spreads to Shadow Valley Oracle, which will be um, all shadow work and inner work related. Those are the different places you can connect with me. Awesome. You guys definitely, definitely check it out. Her spreads are so fun. Um, so insightful, so uh, easy to read, um, which I just love. Um, and Lynn, thank you so much for being here. This is such a fun conversation. Um, I always love talking to you. <laughs> I love talking to you too. 
And um, to everyone listening, if you're enjoying this podcast, please like, subscribe, rate, share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, turn them into better people. And remember, y'all, stay mystical, note the magical, and embrace the miracles. Bye!